0: Powderhounds and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, the ski trivia podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. You can follow me on Twitter at Powderhound You can also email me at Trivia at gmail.com for comments, questions, or corrections. Aspen Extreme, the iconic American drama film, celebrates its 30th anniversary on this January 23rd, 2023. As a dramatic film, the movie bucked the 1980s and early 1990s trend of slapstick comedy ski movies, often with ridiculous storylines and characters. True, Aspen Extreme's storyline is a familiar one, but some of the ski sequences, like skiing the frozen waterfall, absolutely blew my young mind. I liked Aspen Extreme so much I bought it on VHS. That's Video Home System, Gen Zers. (laughs) Seven years later, that VHS accompanied me to college. But one winter, I made a poor choice. I let someone borrow the movie. That someone was Joey D, a good buddy and fellow powder hound, who joined me on early morning drives up north. His truck was better suited on snowy roads than my skiddy Maxima. He also believed fun took priority over coursework or even classes. I believe he graduated. Foolishly, I figured leaving the movie, my only copy, in the hands of a fellow skier who shared the appreciation and admiration of real ski sequences was going to keep it safe. Not so. Apparently, the movie was snatched up a couple days later from the coffee table of which it rested. Never to be Seen Again, by me or Joey D. And of course, the self-reflecting When You Were Young by Delamitri inspired the episode and became my skiing anthem for a few years. If you've never read the song's lyrics carefully, you should. Whether or not you've had your copy of Aspen Extreme Lost by a dumbass college friend, (laughs) I love you, Joey D. I invite you to... Sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding Powder Powderhound. Like hard to so... Sources for today's episode include Ski Magazine, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, TVTropes.org, Wikipedia, The Seattle Times, New York Times, and Los Angeles Times. Moving right into the main segment, Aspen Extreme Turns 30. A quick refresh. The 1993 film, Aspen Extreme, tells the often repeated story about two ski buddies, in this case T.J. Burke and Dexter Rutecki, who moved from Michigan to Aspen, Colorado to seek a better life. T.J. works at the Ford factory and Dexter works at Mountain Ops at Mount Brighton. The two friends become Aspen Ski Instructors. Well, The better looking TJ does at first, Dexter has to play Santa for a season before being awarded the flashy ski instructor's uniform. And as one may assume, women, drugs, and job troubles threaten their relationship. Along the way, TJ tries to realize his dream of becoming a professional writer and the pair train for the upcoming Powder 8 ski competition. Movie Profile, released January 22, 1993, Rating, PG-13. Running time, 1 hour, 53 minutes. Director, Patrick Hasberg, a self-described ski bum in his younger years who wrote the script. Stars, Paul Gross plays T.J. Burke. Peter Berg plays Dexter Rutecki. Finola Hughes plays Bryce Kellogg. Terry Polo plays Robin Hand. And William Russ plays Dave Ritchie. Categories of the movie, drama, romance, and sport. The tagline, skiing's the easy part. Money. The budget was $14 million, according to Wikipedia. The box office was short of that, $7.9 million, and that was gross in the USA. Now, there is some critical acclaim. I will start with the critics and then go to the moviegoers. Critic snippets, I'm going to call this. The first is from Peter Raynor of the Los Angeles Times. His review was titled Aspen Extreme, Inches of Powder on a Foot of Slush. Published on January 23, 1993. Again, these are just snippets. A cheerful tone for the first half hour or so, and then sinks into the melodrama with a heavy thud. The mind begins to wander, particularly when we are shown the dewy lovers intercut with shots of flowers poking up through the ice. Aspen and its denizens are a great subject for a film, and a ski-bum hustler is a great protagonist. But TJ's motives are always impeccable. He's boringly humane even when he's being seduced and abandoned. Aspen Extreme is a snow job in more ways than one. Vincent Canby of the New York Times also wrote a review which was titled The Difficulties of Life on Aspen Ski Slopes, published also January 23, 1993. Again, just snippets. It's a cautionary tale with scenery, i.e. paying a terrible price for the glamorous lives they seek to achieve. Even though it runs close to two hours, Aspen Extreme remains sort of stretched out and dramatically undeveloped. The ski footage is often pretty, but it hasn't much to do with what happens in the movie before or apres ski. Nor do the slopes the audience sees always have much to do with Aspen, where a lot of the movie was photographed. According to the film's production notes, the movie's most spectacular material was shot in British Columbia. It seems that Aspen doesn't actually have the majestic heights and rapid vertical drops that were considered necessary for the movie. And John Hartle of the Seattle Times also wrote a review which was titled, Aspen Extreme Skiing is Believing, also, published January 23rd, 1993. Again, just a snippet, a male bonding tearjerker that sometimes resembles Top Gun on the Colorado ski slopes, Aspen Extreme is a more watchable movie than you might expect from a former ski instructor who's making his feature film debut as a writer-director. As for moviegoer comments, we'll begin with IMDb, Aspen Extreme got a six out of 10 rating, I picked out two favorable reviews, 10 out of 10s actually, and two unfavorable reviews, one out of 10s. But we'll start with the good this time. Okay, okay, so that acting is kind of cheesy and semi-predictable. However, this movie has some great twists. I highly recommend this film to any true ski fans. If you've ever dreamed about moving out west and being a ski bum, watch this film, exclamation mark. Other review. I grew up on Mount Brighton which is where our story begins. Aspen Extreme is the true-to-life saga of two amazing Midwest skiers who moved to the mountains to pursue a more fulfilling life away from the rat race. Unlike most ski movies, the locations in Aspen Extreme are really Michigan and Aspen as advertised. I've seen it about 40 times, and each time at the end, I am moved to tears. It's just great! Three exclamation marks. On the other end of the spectrum is one out of 10s, i.e. the haters. First snippet, Aspen Extreme falls into the rare class of movies that gets worse with every scene. Literally, the first scene of this movie is the best one, and it just falls off a cliff from there. The acting belongs on the Lifetime channel. Other hater review, snippet again, I knew it wasn't going to be a hot dog movie. Again, one of our slapstick comedy ski movies. But I was still expecting something fun. I'm not even going to comment on my beefs as a skier. But as a movie in general, it was the most depressing piece of fill-in-the-blank ever. It just kept getting worse and worse, and the ending didn't even come close to balancing off all that had happened. When it was over, I felt like my dog had just died. A little harsh. Moving over to Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter gave Aspen Extreme a 22% rating. Uh, The audience score was 67%. And the best Rotten Tomato comment I saw was 3 out of 5 by Caffeinated Client, a solid, memorable drama with two stellar performances, overlooked and then some. The worst Rotten Tomato comment was a 2 out of 5 anonymous post, a whole lot of skiing and very little else. Mild. My take and sense of the reviews critical or otherwise and it probably plays out as the classic silent majority versus vocal minority the silent majority being skiers and riders of which the movie was marketed to and who would probably enjoy it whereas the c-level crowd probably hated it because it was not relatable now there are a few present-day interesting notes Uh, the first of three the film is played annually every november at the wheeler opera house in downtown aspen colorado Second, Mount Brighton, the ski area where Dexter works and where TJ and Dex decide to head west, is on the Epic Pass. And finally, there was talk of a sequel. Yes, Hasberg also said in an interview that he would like to make a sequel which would have had Dexter's illegitimate son, now a teenager, going in search of TJ to find out more about his father. However, since Aspen Extreme has mostly been forgotten outside the ski enthusiast community, It's unlikely that a sequel will ever be made. So why does Aspen Extreme have so much staying power? Well, there's a good ski article that interviewed Patrick Hasberg, the writer and director. The title of that ski article is, The Writer of Aspen Extreme Had an Entirely Different Movie in Mind. And this was dated June 2nd, 2021. Uh, Hasberg went on to say, Every year, a welter of skiers do one thing in common that marks this crescendo towards ski season. They watch Aspen Extreme. The movie hits the masses in the heart. It makes us laugh. It's relatable. It is timely, even though it is dated, which is what makes the 1993 film a cult classic ski movie. Now, he went on to have some interesting reflections, and I just pulled out a few that seemed uh, interesting. First, Aspen Extreme is a movie about the 1970s, made in the 1990s, which still touches upon many sensitive topics in ski town communities. Lack of affordable housing, hence the caboose living, drugs, death, incoming inequality, and pricey shrimp cocktail. We'll get to that later. Also, the late and great Doug Combs did many of the stunts. Even to this day, that film captures Doug what Hasberg was quoted as saying. The regret of cutting out a scene in which his friend Gary was featured due to studio pressure. There was a lot of pressure from the studio into how the movie was edited. Moving from the mountains to sea as the stages of life changed and getting hammered by critics. He took it very personally. He said, I love Aspen so much and my friends there so much, I felt like I let them down. I felt that I let Aspen down. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed that I wasn't able to make the movie that reflected my deep love for the place. Though, let's move to the positive. Now he feels celebrated. When Pete Berg and I went back to Aspen a few years ago for the 25th year anniversary screening of the movie at the Wheeler Opera House, they felt like the fucking Beatles and finally my life's philosophy i thought this was perfect way to end this uh, reflection my life's philosophy is quote live in great places and do cool things that's it that's what i tell my kids i've had a lot of money and i've had no money none of that matters i wouldn't give up a day surfing for an academy award so there's a little insight into the life experiences and Disney's hellish editing processes behind Aspen Extreme and the writer director Patrick Hasberg. Oh, and about that teaser riddle. Last month, rather than simply share the topic of the next episode, this episode, that it would feature the 30th anniversary of the movie Aspen Extreme, I rattled off a teaser riddle about the episode for listeners to solve. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, and I doubt anyone figured it out, but here we are. First, I referenced a West Wing television show character that inspired the episode, though I didn't name her. The character was Helen Santos, played by actress Terry Polo, who plays Robin Hand, a main character, and love attraction in Aspen Extreme. As for the teaser riddle, quote, not only did I do a double take, I was transported back to a roaring time of Esquire powder and skiing and anything but the hateful eight. End quote. Let me break that down for you. Clue number one, transported back was simply a hint for the 30th anniversary. Clue number two, a roaring time was a hint for the Roaring Fork Valley of which Aspen resides. Clue number three, Esquire, powder, and skiing was a hint for all the ski magazines Dexter flipped through on the van ride and the magazine TJ's article was printed in. And finally, clue number four, the hateful eight, a misleading hint for another eight, the annual powder eight. Again, my mind works in mysterious ways. All right, let's move on to the trivia game. Now this trivia game has four categories. The first, Aspen Extreme 101, 10 questions. The second, Numbers, kind of like Jeopardy, uh, where there's six questions, unlike Jeopardy, there's five in each category. Ski Magazines are the third category, of which there are four questions. And then finally, The Powder Eight, the final category of which there are seven questions. Like most trivia games, I will read through all the questions first, then go back through and reveal the answers by category. Here we go. Aspen Extreme 101, 10 questions. Question number one, open-ended. In the opening scene where Dexter was working on the chairlift, what was his answer when TJ asked him, what's the worst day of your life? Question number two, also open-ended. Actually, most of these are open-ended. Just like a true trivia game. As TJ and Dexter start to drive west, we got to know a little bit about their personal lives. Turns out, they both dated the same girl, Rita, with a tattoo on her ass. What was the tattoo? Question number three. Name all that apply. As they continue driving west, Dexter flips through a magazine and starts naming ski areas to set up shop. Name all five ski areas Dexter suggests. Question number four, about TJ's van. What ski brand sticker is on the left back windshield of TJ's van? Again, most of these are open ended. Question number five, when Bryce first met TJ, Dexter introduced him by saying, you know, my friend wasn't in the Olympics. Bryce took the bait and asked, why not? What was the reason? And I will accept two answers. Question number six. What costume did Dexter wear for his first skiing instructing job? Question number seven. What cocktail did Dexter order at Bryce's party? Question number eight. In a bit of ski town housing crisis foreshadowing, besides a van, what other mobile housing do they live in? Question number nine. TJ's main love attraction, Robin Hand, played by Terry Polo, is a radio DJ. What radio station does she work at? And question number 10, what was the name of the problematic skier Dexter attempted to give a private lesson to? All right. Give you another minute or two. Just kidding. We don't have time for that. Question number one, in the opening scene where Dexter was working on the chairlift, what was his answer when TJ asked him, what's the worst day of your life? So again, TJ asks, what's the worst day of your life? Dexter answers deadpan today, or that time I got arrested for stealing those telephone poles. (laughs) So I guess I would accept two answers there. Question number two, as TJ and Dexter start driving west, we got to know a little bit about their personal lives. Turns out they both dated Rita with a tattoo on her ass. What was the tattoo? That would be the popular cartoon figure Wily Coyote. Question number three, again, a name all that apply. As they continue driving west, Dexter flips through a magazine and starts naming ski areas to set up shop. Name all five ski areas, Dexter suggested. That would be in order. Jackson Hole, Vail, Steamboat, Sundance, and of course, Aspen. Question number four, about that blue van. What ski brand sticker is on the left back windshield of TJ's van? K2. I'm sure you probably got that if you've seen the movie more than once. Question number five, when Bryce first met TJ, Dexter introduced him by saying, you know, my friend wasn't in the Olympics. Bryce took the bait and asked why not. The reason, and again, I'll accept two answers. TJ lost his amateur status, or $50. The full quote, because I won $50 in a bowling tournament and lost my amateur status. Question number six, what costume did Dexter wear for his first skiing instructing job? I may have revealed this in the intro. That would be Santa Claus. Question number seven. What cocktail did Dexter order at Bryce's party? The tequila slam. (laughs) Yeah, when Dexter asked if he knows, yeah, Dexter asked the bartender if he knows how to make a tequila slam, the bartender's response, yeah, I went to high school. Question number eight, in a bit of ski town housing crisis foreshadowing, besides their van, what other mobile housing do TJ and Dex live in? That would be the aforementioned Caboose Living. And bonus points, if you knew the full name of that Caboose, it would be the Denver Rio Grande Caboose. Question number nine. TJ's main love attraction, Robin Han, is a radio DJ. What radio station does she work at? That would be 102.9 KSPN. Now, KSPN is a real radio station in Aspen, and this was interesting, polled from one of the articles. The equipment used for the KSPN studio was actually outdated and unused equipment from KMTS in nearby Glenwood Springs. For whatever that's worth. Question number 10, the last of this segment, what was the name of the problem skier Dexter attempted to give a private lesson to? That would be Maury Hayward. And the best Crap, maybe the best deadpan line of the movie. (laughs) When Carl asks furiously where his Dexter student is, Dexter responds, last time I saw him, he was running stop signs on South Aspen Street. All right, those are your 10 questions for Aspen 101. Tally up your answers, and we'll see how you do at the end. All right, moving on to the next segment here, our second trivia segment. Numbers is the category. There are six questions. Again, I'll read through them all and reveal each answer as we go. Question number one, how many ski school positions are open? And sure, I'll accept two answers. Question number two, when TJ and Dexter try out to be ski instructors, what numbers were they wearing? Question number three, In that same tryout, what numbers fell? Question number four. According to Carl, how much do private ski lessons cost at Aspen? Question number five. How much was Dexter's tip as a ski instructor? When he was playing Santa. And question number six. What age did Robin Hand allegedly stop dating ski instructors? And yes, these are quick numbers, very quick category. <laughs> I'll give you a second. Question number one, how many ski school positions are open? I will accept the two answers. Five is the posted number, but of course TJ fills in Dexter's name for the sixth position that Carl eventually creates. So six, yeah, there were six jobs. Question number two, When TJ and Dexter try out to be ski instructors, what numbers did they wear? 31 and 32. And what numbers fell? Question number three. That would be number 22 and number 16. Some nice wipeouts on that mogul field. Question number four. How much do private ski lessons cost at Aspen, according to Carl? $400 an hour. 1993, folks. 1993. Question number five. How much was Dexter's tip as a ski instructor when he was donning the Santa suit? $100. Yes, a $100 bill. Cash. Yes, young Kimberly hated Santa until Dexter became him. And question number six. What age did Robin Hand allegedly stop dating ski instructors? 16. So that is your six questions in the numbers category. Oh, and I meant what bib numbers did TJ and Dexter wear during their tryout? All right. Next category, ski magazines. Just four questions. Lightning speed as we go into the final one in a minute. Question number one. In the opening scene, TJ reads a rejection letter from what magazine? Question number two. It was actually multiple choice. Wow, first multiple choice. It only took, only took 18 questions. When they were driving west, what magazine did Dexter flip through to suggest places to go? Free skier, powder, ski, or skiing? Question number three. As a ski instructor, TJ made the cover of Powder Magazine. What edition was it? And I will accept the time of year, the season, or the year. So I'll accept two answers. Question number four TJ's story, Aspen Extreme, which tells the story of moving to Aspen, scraping by, and of course, Dexter's tragic end, gets printed in Powder Magazine. What edition was it? Same thing. I will accept the season, or end, or the year. Okay pencils down. Question number one in the ski magazine category. In the opening scene, TJ reads a rejection letter from what magazine? Esquire. Yes, so we learn early TJ is some kind of aspiring writer as he pins his rejection letter on the wall. Question number two. When they were driving west, what magazine did Dexter flip through to suggest... Jackson Hole, Vail, Steamboat, Sundance, and Aspen? Free skier, powder, ski, or skiing? The answer? Skiing. Yes, the now defunct skiing. I should also note, free skier did not exist until 1997. Question number three. As a ski instructor, TJ made the cover of Powder Magazine. What edition was it? I will accept... Fall or 1991? Question number four. TJ's story, Aspen Extreme, which tells the story of moving to Aspen, scraping by, and of course, tragedy, gets printed in Powder Magazine. What edition was it? Spring 1992. All right, tally up those answers from the Ski Magazine category, because we are moving on to the Powder 8 category that has, of course, seven questions, not eight. (laughs) All right, question number one. The annual Powder 8 competition became a big event throughout the story. When TJ and Dexter pulled into town, what annual event is it? So this is when they pulled into town, not at the end. Question number two. Who are the reigning champs? three years straight of the Powder 8. Question number three, who replaces Dexter as Santa Claus and ends up skiing with TJ in the Powder 8? Looking for a name there. Question number four, what number did TJ and his partner wear in the Powder 8? Question number five, what team crashes in the Powder 8? Question number six, what was TJ and his partner's final score in the Powder 8? Question number seven. Oh, and this is a name all that apply. What organizations sponsored the annual Powder 8 at the end of the movie? Okay, going to reveal the final answers. The Powder 8 category, seven questions. Question number one, the annual Powder 8 competition became a big event throughout the story. When TJ and Dexter pull into town, what annual event is it? It's the 10th annual event. 10th annual Powder 8. Question number two, who are the reigning champs three years straight of the Powder 8? That would be Franz Hauser and Rudy Zucker, fellow ski instructors. While we don't condone violence on the Powder Hounds podcast, it was hard not to feel satisfied after TJ cold-cocked Franz in the locker room. Question number three. Who replaces Dexter as Santa Claus and ends up skiing with TJ in the Powder 8? Todd Pounds. See you later, Mr. Burke. Question number four. What number did TJ and Todd Pounds wear in the Powder 8? Number 38. Question number five. What team crashes in the powder eight? That would be team Vale. The team from Vale. Perhaps a decades early dig at the ski industry behemoth. Question number six, what was TJ and Todd Pound's final score? That would be four tens. Yes, Carl kind of stacked the deck for them, but it's not like he wrote the fourth 10 on a piece of cardboard with a black marker. And finally, question number seven, name all that apply. At the end of the movie, what organization sponsor the 11th annual Powder Eight? Now I had to watch this scene a couple times, but pretty sure there are 13 sponsorship signs lining the net fencing at the takeoff point. They are Arctic Cat, Nordica, Bolle, Smith, Uvex, Ford, Rossi, Gargoyles, K2, Rollerblade, Sony, Grabber, and hot finger ski gloves. Now I'm happy to say I still rock a few of those brands, and who knows, maybe my product selection was inspired by the movie. That's it, thank you for playing. And should you be burning for more, I actually have enough trivia questions for an Aspen Extreme Movie Trivia Part Two. Maybe for its next big anniversary. though. The odds that this podcast will still be a thing in 5, 10, or 15 years is about as good as the Aspen Extreme sequel with Dexter's illegitimate son being made. (laughs) Looks like it's 4 o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comment, or correction? Email me at powderhoundski trivia at gmail.com you can also follow me on twitter at powderhoundskis better yet subscribe to the podcast at apple Podcasts, google podcast manager verbal spotify and stitcher just type powderhounds podcast until next time see you on the slopes powderhounds